we want to take just a few moments. We've been in this series that has been talking about fresh starts and how important fresh starts are and how, you know, us getting deeper into God and allowing Him to work through us is more than just something in our head, but it's part of our heart. And we talked about how important it is to have that prayer life and to get into prayer and take time to read the Bible. Um, it's, it's more than just a place where I say that, that I can go this alone. I really need others that go with us. And so I, we could this morning have been talking about accountability. It takes, I uh, can't remember the, the phrase. For next Sunday, you'll know what it is. It takes a village. It takes a village. So we're going to talk about that next week. This morning, we're going to talk a little bit about giving from your heart. And you'll understand, I think, how all this sort of ties together. If you're joining us online, in a few moments, we're going to have communion together as we think about all the things we've been doing here this morning. And uh, so I'd like for you to prepare. If you haven't, you wouldn't be ready for that. Um, but you can get ready for that. That would be great. This morning, hopefully, all of you have elements. Do you all have elements with you? These? Anybody not have that? Okay, ushers, could you grab that for them, please? And then also, you're going to have a piece of paper that may not be this color, but it's equally as bright, and it's probably burning a hole right straight through your pew. Uh, online, hopefully at some point, we'll like to have a form ready for you as well, so that you, you can decide how you might be involved. Does anybody not have one of these? You want to raise your hand. Some do not have that. Can you hand these out? Hold your hand up. Is someone handing those out? Do we have any left? Yeah. Uh, these papers here? All right, you got it? All right. Perfect, because in a few moments, we sort of draw things to a close this morning. You have opportunity either to fill that out or to bring it back, There's a, and there'll be a spot for you to drop that out in the uh, Welcome Center. Today has been already an awesome morning as we think about the people that are committing uh, to be more devoted in terms of serving the Lord, perhaps in ministry uh, in a more formal way through Yolan, and then the, I don't know how many, I think most of them ended up showing up, which was great, uh, the almost 30 people that have come into membership here at Arlington Woods. So that is absolutely awesome. The passage of scripture that we want to look at this morning is from 2 Corinthians chapter 9, beginning at verse 5. 2 Corinthians chapter 9, beginning at verse 5. So, I, so it's the Apostle Paul who's speaking. He says, So I thought it necessary to urge the brothers to visit you in advance and finish the arrangements for the generous gift you had promised. Then it'll be ready as a generous gift, not as, a grudge, not as grudgingly given. Remember this, whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly, and whoever sows generously will also reap generously. Each of you should give what you have decided in your heart to give, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. And God is able to bless you abundantly, so that in all things, at all times, having all that you need, you will abound in every good work. As it is written, they have freely scattered their gifts to the poor, their righteousness endures forever." Now he who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food will also supply and increase your store of seed and will enlarge the harvest of your righteousness. 
You'll be enriched in every way so that you can be generous on every occasion. And through us, your generosity will result in thanksgiving to God. Heavenly Father, thank you for your word this morning. I just pray that as it's cast out before us, that we'll find some nugget of truth here that applies to us and helps us to live where we live on our street, on the cul-de-sac, the end of a road, wherever it is that we find ourselves. We pray, Father, that you would bless us so that we can be and continue to be your people. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. There once was a farmer who grew award-winning corn, and each year he entered his corn in the state fair, he won first prize. One year, a newspaper reporter interviewed him and asked him what his strategy was for having such great award-winning corn. And the farmer replied, well, it's really quite simple. Every year, he simply shared his seed corn with his neighbors. Every year, he simply shared his seed corn with his neighbors. So the reporter asked, well, how can you afford to share your best seed with your neighbors when each year they enter the same competition as yours? You don't know, said the farmer. The wind blows up pollen from the ripened corn and swirls it from field to field. If my neighbors grow inferior corn, cross-pollination will steadily degrade the quality of my corn. If I'm to grow good corn, I must help my neighbors grow good corn as well. As we are all one, we are all trying to move together forward in that motion. This is a great lesson for us. If we're to grow good corn, we must help our neighbors grow good corn. I heard it said one time, there was an individual that I said we were talking about, you know, getting ourselves ready to go to heaven. And... Uh, this fellow, I, I enjoyed talking to him, and he, he, his retort to me was this, that when I get to heaven, I don't think it's going to be so much for me crossing the finish line as it is the question of who came with you? Who's with you? Did you make the journey alone, or did you bring others along with you to bring you to that place of his kingdom? I thought it was a great reminder of us in the church and the body of us moving forward. Paul says this, whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly, and whoever sows generously will also reap generously. Paul is using a popular saying of the time to remind Corinthians, the Corinthians, to give generously. It's one that he uses again and again. He uses it in Galatians. And he writes, a man reaps what? What he sows. Jesus said it this way, give and it'll be given to you. With the measure you use, it'll be measured to you. The growth of the early church depended on the generous giving of the believers. As the disciples and apostles went from town to town, they relied on the people of that town to take care of them, to provide for their needs. Not just the financial needs, but to have a, a roof over their head, a meal on the table, maybe some clean and fresh clothes, perhaps a place for them to wash up. And if the people had not given these things generously, then Paul and the other apostles would not have been able to carry out the work that they were called to. There's lots of times in my life where I like the position of being a servant. I like the position of being able to help someone. 
not necessarily being the person out front. I know that's what you see, but there are many times that I enjoy being that, in that place where I can just help you to be the best that you can be. Us taps us on the shoulder. We're someplace we didn't intend to give, but there's just something that wells us. Taps us on the shoulder. We're someplace we didn't intend to give, but there's just something that wells up within us and we just give. But there's other times when you ought to sit down and take a look at your budget and see whether this is something that God is calling you to. Some of us, we, we all have different pockets. There are certain things that really, that really light us up. There are certain things that really get us excited. There are certain things that get us up in the morning and get us going. And that's your pocket. And so you give towards that. But there are those moments when you, you decide these things in your heart. Well, you wonder that sometimes maybe the question, how much? We're to each give. What we are to give is a question that each person must answer for yourself. Paul is saying that the real, the real reason to give is because one cannot help but to give. It's in our hearts to give. It's giving with love. This desire to give in this way is in fact the same way that God gave when he gave his son Jesus Christ, the most precious gift that he had. Giving must be from the heart. It's never to be determined by how much the Joneses give around us. And sometimes some of the most wealthiest people are, are some of the most um, stymied people because they worship at the foot of wealth and power. And you may be surprised to see when you're to do the final tally who it is that gives and out of their abundance or their lack of, they still give. It's to be done with a with a, a generous heart, a cheerful heart. So giving is an individual matter of the heart. Second is, is that giving requires resolve. The text reads what you have decided. It means that the givers, you, you've chosen it deliberately. You just don't show up and just pick a number out of the air. You, you, you've decided to give that. It's something that you've decided, uh, not lightly or impulsively, you've decided. The third thing is, is that giving is to be cheerful. Our, cheery, our, our, our giving is to not be reluctant or under compulsion, but cheerful. See, I think that if you're to come to church and you take your envelope and someone has to pull that out of your fingers, can I just say it'd be better for you to keep it? It really would be. God wants to elicit in us this desire to be so thankful for what he's given us that you can't help but open up your wallet and the money just starts to come out. And in a moment, we'll talk, we will speak more than just money. It's, it's more than just money. It's more than just the, the physical resource, the treasure. We'll talk about that just in a moment. But it ought to be joyful. I, no one wants to pull the money out. Dude, who wants to receive a gift like that? God doesn't want to receive a gift like that. He, he wants it to come out of this, not under reluctance or under compulsion, but be cheerful about that. So there's something that precedes that, and that's preparation of your heart. We give cheerfully, wanting to give back with gratitude. At times in our society, that can be hard. 
We often want more. We want bigger. We want better. We want newer. And sometimes we forget to maintain an attitude of gratitude in what we have. Uh, some of the things that I'm just starting to tune into in my own life is working at being a minimalist. Some of the younger generation have picked this up. I, re I read some of their blogs and I read some of, the, some of how they live and the fact that they don't want a lot of things. Many of them do not. They want to learn how to live with less, not more. Because some of us at the end of the trail find ourselves with a boatload, or should I say a houseload full of stuff, and we don't know what to do with it. It's such a challenge. Just one bit of advice it has nothing to do with this sermon. Can I encourage you? Because I've, I've lived through this twice now. As a pastor, as a, as a son, as a son-in-law, as... Can I encourage you to be one or two steps ahead of where you need to be down the road when it comes to dissolving your resources, your houses, and your properties and your assets. Don't wait for the kids to have to deal with that. Be thinking ahead and processing that stuff. You didn't pay for that. I don't know whether you like it or not. I just have lived through it. And I just think as, as wise advice moving forward, talk to your accountant, talk to your advice, financial advisor, and figure out how to do some of that stuff. Your kids will thank you, and you won't be living with some of the guilt of leaving that to your kids to have to deal with. Whew, that felt good. <laughs> you need to give cheerfully uh, because of the gratitude. To simply say thank you. And there's a story about a, a blind boy who sat on the steps of a building with his hat by his feet and he held up a sign which read, I am blind, please help. Now there are only a few coins in his hat, spare change from folks who hurried by. And one day a man was walking by, he, he took a few coins from his pocket and he dropped them into the hat. Then he took the boy's sign, turned it around and he wrote some words. Then he put the sign back in front of the boy, put it back into his hands, and then he walked away. He put it there so that everybody would be able to see the new words. And soon the hat began to fill up. A lot more people were giving money to the blind boy. That afternoon, the man who had changed the sign returned to see how things were. And the boy was able to recognize the sound of his footsteps and ask, were you the one who changed my sign this morning? Why, yes, I am. Well, what did you write on the sign? The man said, I only wrote the truth. I said what you said, but in a different way. I wrote this. Today, a beautiful day is a beautiful day, but I cannot see it. You can see it, but I can't see it. Both signs spoke the truth, but the first sign simply said the boy was blind, while the second sign reminded everyone who walked by to be grateful for the things that you see. Probably two or three years ago, we talked for six weeks about the fact that we are rich. We are crazy rich compared to a majority of the people that are on the face of the earth. And there's some accountability of that, and there needs to be 
when we put our hand into our pocket and pull the change out, and there needs to be thankfulness that comes with that. Giving is cheerful gratitude. So how does that relate to us here at Arlington Woods? Stewardship isn't just about financial. It's taking care of others, sharing of our time, giving our support, offering leadership, volunteering. Paul wanted the Corinthians to commit to sharing their resources with love and with a cheerful heart. And we're required to do the same. We need to ask and to commit decisively to commit to giving in a way that comes cheerfully from your heart. It may be to give of your time. In our day and age, we say that time is the precious commodity. It may not be cash. It may be time. Because we all know that once you spend your time, you can't spend it again. Once the end of this day is done, you're not rolling it back. You're not having another opportunity to have this day. So are you making the most of your time? And when you give of your time, is it to the people that you want to give it to? And yes, we're all busy. But we want our community of faith at Arlington Woods to grow, then we must support it with our time. There's phases in people's lives. And there are times when you'll have more disposable time. But there's, there is this place where you need to decide in your heart decisively to decide whether you're going to give that time not under compulsion and not reluctantly but cheerfully to give of your time sometimes we can do that through volunteering we do that through volunteering to help support our community we do that when we do the bike rodeo when we volunteer for us reaching to our community we do it through our coffee houses we do it through our cafe we support the various ministries like you see in the, the ministry survey that's in front of you. Each of those ties back into the mission of the church to know Christ and to make his love known. That's what we're about. That's what this church is about, to know Christ and to make his love known. So we encourage people to take a look at that survey. And when we look at our time, we're, we're all involved in the work of Christ. We're all members of this community of faith. We all need to ask ourselves, how can we give more of our time? And I know that, that for some, we just feel stretched in all kinds of different ways. And I know that some of us are just starting to come back into the swing of things, and I don't want to put any more pressure or guilt on anyone. I just want us to know that the church is here to support you, and I do know that as you give yourself to something and you dig in deep to it, that you will feel vested, you will feel invested, and you will want to be part of what's going on here. As you give of yourself, and you're engaged in it, as opposed to looking on from outside in. It's like being a, a, going to a ball game and watching everybody else play, but you're not really engaged in it. We've all been blessed with all kinds of gifts. Maybe you sing, maybe you play an instrument. Maybe you paint or you do construction. Maybe you're good at providing hospitality through your baking. Maybe you like to serve. Maybe you like to set up tables. Maybe you like to tear down tables. Maybe you like to help with our youth. Maybe you like to help with our children. There's all kinds of different ways. Maybe you'd be a greeter. Just one thing. Just step into it. Embrace it. Maybe you're good at applying for grants. Or perhaps you've been good at teaching or you're good at teaching. And each of us needs to ask ourselves, how can we give of our talents? Maybe you're called to give more of your treasures. 
most of the things that we aim to do in this church cost money. Some people find it challenging to talk about that. At the end of the day, for some, many of the things that we do, someone has to write a check. All of that money flows through here. The Free Methodist Church in Canada very rarely gives money back. There have been times when we've received rebates, but most of the time, most of the things that happen at this level happen because of you. Your giving, your faithful giving towards that. That's, that's how it works. There are very few government grants that help us to run our operation. They help with peripheral things, but not keeping the heat on, not keeping the lights on. That's all of you. And can I say that you are doing an amazing job? The way that we've been able to handle the building and the way that you've been able to handle the regular giving towards our operating budget has been fantastic. And as we bring in new folks, all of us, we just could circle around them and we encourage them as we move forward. Paul knew that things were financially difficult for the Corinthians, and yet he didn't back off that message. Because there's something that happens in us when our hearts are engaged in it, and when we're giving towards it, and we're involved in it. No longer am I a spectator, but I'm actively involved in this. So thinking about the future, are there ways that you can think of that you would be able to increase the time that you give to support the work of the church? We had a conversation not long ago in our team, our leadership team. And one of the things that we talked about is the fact that there are, uh, the big thing right now is lack of volunteers. And if you volunteer for other organizations, not-for-profits, um, charities, if you volunteer for them, you will know that they are all low on volunteers. There's very few that have they're flush with volunteers. But what I said was this. I said, this Arlington Woods is not Woodvale. We're not Sequoia. We're not some other church that's over there. God has planted Arlington Woods right here for the work that he's called us to. And I can't ask Pastor Mark. I can't ask... Um, the other pastors, what, what it is that Arlington Woods needs to do to move us forward with our volunteers and move us forward with all those things. But what I can do is I can say, for us to move forward, we need for you, for us, for all of us, to be pulling on the same oar and pushing us forward. That's what Paul is talking about. When he's talking about this being generous givers with, with all things, with our time, our talents, and with our treasures. Not reluctantly, but with, um, with a cheerful heart. There are lots of ways that you can decide to give. I, this, this form is here for you. It's brightly colored because, well, so you, you can't miss it. There's things that maybe some of you are involved in already. Maybe there's some things that you'd be interested in. There's a place for your name at the top. You may say, you know what, I, I, I don't want to fill this out right now. I just, I'd like to go home and just think about it. Maybe you're new this morning and I've just blown you out of the water. Man, he is right straight on there, I'll tell you. Um, I, I think it's important for you to know basically how things work. 
Um, so if, if you could take a moment to fill this out, either this morning you can do that. There, there'll be a bin at our welcome center. You can place it in there with, your, with it down if you want. There's things that we've missed on the back. You can just write them in if you wish, things that we haven't noted. Um, or you'd like to take it home and bring it back in the next week or two. That would be great. We will look at these. We will do our best to involve people where we have the need. And uh, we really appreciate you taking a look at that. Before I, before I wrap up, I, just, I wanted just to mention that when the tornado came through, our city knows that faith-based churches, ministries, have a volunteer base that no one else has tapped into that no one else has the capacity to match. And so during those times, they really reached into the churches to find out how the churches could help with the volunteering. And during that time of crisis and other times of crisis, it has been the church which it ought to be on the front edge of the wedge leading the way to make a difference. And you were that. And we were that together. So I just want to, I want to encourage you. I'm excited for the days ahead. I'm excited to travel that road with you. You've been such an amazing part of that. And the, the best and the greatest years are ahead of us. I truly believe that. So I'm going to ask you um, just to stand and we'll pray. Our Heavenly Father, I, I'm thankful for the message of the Apostle Paul. And he, just, he calls us to really be discerning about what it is that you want for our lives. He really calls us to, to open up ourselves to, to be receptive to what you want to say. And so in the quietness of moments now, or quietness when we go home today... I just pray that you would help us to take to heart what we've heard. May it not be something that is whacked over our heads and feel that we have, that we're, that we have to do this. But Lord, that you would just gently nudge us by your spirit. That you would encourage us to be all that you want us to be. Thank you for this beautiful space, this beautiful place, and the beautiful people that come and be a part of it. And the way that you continue to challenge us, Lord, just continue to do that in the days ahead, we ask in Jesus' name. Amen.